What is good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation alongside Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Acne Packing Company, and Steven Serto of Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. KP, some of us are getting ready for playoff games this weekend. Uh, multiple playoff games, we should add. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's uh, Winning is fun. I would recommend it to <laughs> um, everybody, unfortunately. We all don't get a taste of that. Justice, how's the offseason? Uh, I mean, it feels like it hasn't even started yet. It, 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 the Packers are directionless until Aaron Rodgers decides to come back or not. Uh, yesterday with McAfee, he said, you know, I'm still good enough to win an MVP. Now everyone on TV is mad that he's talking about MVPs instead of Super Bowls. So that's where we're at at this point. You're going to have a, like, hold everything moment in the offseason when he decides, right? That's an instant reaction podcast moment right there. He's coming I don't, back. I don't get sleep. I don't get sleep anymore. Like, this is my life now until, like, free agency starts. Yeah, I well, we've lived that life, KP, with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. And quarterbacks can control an offseason for months at a time. So what my advice to you is milk this bad boy as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We'll find out what happens there. Big show today. John Kincaid from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia is going to hop uh, hop on with us to help break down Eagles Cowboys. Also, uh, John Kincaid worked down in Atlanta for a long time, so he's got some familiarity with Kyle Shanahan. We got into that a little bit as well. We're going to do our gauntlet. The question of the week this week is best conference championship matchup. So we got a busy schedule today, but I need to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. And as always, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. You leave us a five-star review. I promise you we will read it on the show. Enough stalling. Let's get to John Kincaid. This is the SB Nation NFL show, and I am very pleased and privileged to talk to a man that got me off to my start in this business. From 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia, John Kincaid. JK, good to talk to you. You mean you didn't run away from the industry after your first producing job was to produce my show on a Sunday morning on ESPN radio? I, I, I feel I'm honored that you didn't quit. Somehow I managed to power through despite your best efforts. No, that is could our, not pre-show, be further. our pre-show meetings, legendary, <laughs> absolutely legendary. But now we get to have those debates and discussions now as guests on each other's shows. So it's perfect. Yes, it's, uh, we've, I've come a long way. You've always been there, but you've brought me along with you, so I appreciate it. Good to be there. Okay. First, I want to talk about Eagles and Giants. Good. This is fascinating to me because I picked the Eagles to make the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. They were my pick. I know and, you did. And they're steamrolling everybody, and I look like a genius. And then Jalen Hurts gets hurt. And right. now... I don't know what to think. I know he's off the injury report this week, but is he really 100%? I can't tell you that he's 100%. I can tell you that that's what the Eagles want everyone to believe. And I can tell you that Jalen Hurts, at least from my sources, wanted to play in the Saints game when they sat him on January 1st. Uh, And I believe that was done out of a sense of precaution They watched what Gardner Minshew did against the Cowboys, and they thought, well, Gardner Minshew went out and almost beat the Cowboys in Dallas. We got a home game against the lowly Saints. We'll take care of business, and we can give Jalen an extra week of rest. It didn't work out that way. Uh, But I I believe that Hurts 
could have played on January 1st. And last week they decided, oh, it's the Giants. They're not playing anybody. We'll put them in bubble wrap a couple weeks ago. And they almost, they, they struggled in that game. I have zero concerns that you're going to get a top-notch Jalen Hurts, though, coming out uh, on uh, Saturday night. I feel like we'll be able to tell just based on how the Eagles offense runs their game plan. Because I feel like when things get a little dicey, Sirianni likes to go back to Jalen on the ground to kind of stabilize things and help them get ahead of the chains. So to me, if I see them drawing up some design runs and doing a lot of that and looking the way they looked earlier in the year, that'll tell me he must be doing pretty well. Well, it opens up the passing game, too, in so many different ways. It creates just mayhem because he really benefited Miles Sanders this year, too, yes. in the fact that he was such a threat with his feet. My guess is, stats is I said, I want to see Nick Sirianni uh, calling a few design runs in the first series of the game for Jalen Hurts. I want to see him immediately doing the kind of things that we did when Jalen Hurts got this team off to the amazing start that they did. And so once I see that, I'll believe that everything's in good hands. And I do believe everything's in good hands going into this game. I'm going to tell you without burying the lead because we'll get into the discussion. I have very few concerns about Saturday night. So I was going to ask, you know, look, it's still a divisional game. Sure. Giants. Everybody seemed to think that Minnesota was giant broads and they kind of were. And they were. Would you have preferred to play the Vikings? Oh, no. I No, because you see, remember, if the Vikings win, then the 49ers get him. That's right. Would have right. gotten him. So we would have been looking at the 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 winner of the Dallas Tampa Bay game. Right, right. And I consider Dallas much more dangerous. I considered Tampa's to be the biggest frauds that were in the <laughs> NFC playoffs. I think Dallas, I think it's really strange that uh, off topic a little bit, that Dallas, a team that didn't win their division, got the easiest opponent on wildcard weekend. And I think the NFL needs to look into division winners should get an automatic bid to the postseason, but division winners, it should be reseeded. Because the the I mean Tampa Bay was the worst team to make the postseason, and they ended up getting a four seed in a home game. That stinks, and I think the NFL could deal with uh, do it better. Dallas should never have had to been on the road for that game. I totally agree with you. There's no reason to do that. I don't know if they'll ever change it, but they may. They may. You never know. Okay, so Giants game, Jalen Hurts. Not a ton of playoff experience at quarterback, not only in this game, but also in the NFC in general. Dak is the most experienced playoff quarterback. He is, and that's fine with me. I feel a lot better with Jalen Hurts and, and betting on him than I do Dak Prescott. And I am a Dak Prescott fan as much as any Philadelphia Eagle fan could ever be. I've admired Dak since his days in the SEC, and you know from my time in Atlanta for so long, I watched a lot of SEC football. And that's where I also got to see a ton of Jalen Hurts. And I know that Jalen Hurts, though he only has one game of playoff experience under his belt, and by the way, it was a horrendous game <laughs> last year in Tampa. Uh, it was a totally different Eagles team and a totally different Jalen Hurts. And uh, But one thing I know, he's played in all the big stages and in the big games. He's played in front of 80,000 people and 70,000 people routinely, whether it be uh, you know his time in Alabama or his time in Oklahoma. I'm not worried or concerned at all that Jalen Hurts is extremely ready for this big stage, and I think he's going to deliver a absolutely wild effort on Saturday night. You are as confident about yeah. the Eagles as I am about the Niners going against the Cowboys this week. I, 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 I'll tell you this. Well, a, a couple things. 
One, I've had to dispel the myth that even some of my peers in the Philadelphia media continue to trot out. It's hard to beat a team three times in a year. In fact, it isn't. Uh, in fact, if you win the first two games, you're more likely to win the third game than you are to lose it. And in fact, you have a better chance to win that game than the average home team in the postseason. The average home team in the NFL, since they went to 32 teams, I guess when Houston came in in 2002, the, the home team wins a playoff game around 59% of the time. When you've already beaten an opponent twice in the year, you're like 68% to beat them a third time. I'm not concerned about that. But more importantly, we did it on my show this morning in Philadelphia. If you just took the two rosters, there are maybe four Giants out of 22 who could start on the Eagles. And, and that's no disrespect because I think Brian Dable has done an amazing job. I, I, I think he is going to be a pain in the backside for NFC East fans that don't root for the Giants for years to come. I think Daniel Jones, I was a fan of his coming out of college. And I think that he's finally showing some of the things that I thought he would show. But like talking about him as if he's arrived because he beat the lousy Vikings. Give me a break. What I saw in the last six weeks of the regular season, I saw Dallas blow out the Vikings. I saw Detroit blow out the Vikings. I saw the Packers blow out the Vikings. You know, I mean, it, it's two teams that didn't even make the playoffs crush that team. And that's not even to mention that they had to survive the Indianapolis Colts all because they hired a guy right off the set of NFL Live and thought he was ready to coach an NFL team. Even with a they could spot him a 32-0 lead and he couldn't win. Uh I, I have I had no I had no doubts all last week. I was just as confident. I told that, that we're playing the Giants because the Giants were gonna win that game. But the, all the respect I have for the Giants is more for the future stats. I don't believe they're ready for this stage, this game, this week. You had me on your show last week to talk yes. about the 49ers. So I think I know the answer to this question, but who are you rooting for in the other NFC playoff game, Niners Cowboys? Well, you know, I think you know of me that there's a healthy hatred of the Cowboys that was <laughs> bred into me from the time I was a child. So there's no way I'd ever root for the Cowboys. But I can tell you this, I would fear the Cowboys coming in for the NFC championship game a lot less than I would the San Francisco 49ers. So it's going to be a really, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. Do I root for the team to lose that I hate? Or do I look at it and say, man, that means San Francisco's coming in. And I know Kyle Shanahan from watching him in his time in Atlanta. He's extremely dangerous. Yeah, I, I think that the Niners are going to crush the Cowboys this weekend. I'm as confident. You're crush. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think it's going to be close. Because I look at the game last week, the 49ers offense in the first half they were off. They were not sharp at all. And they still put up 41 points. So I just look at it like if this offense starts to click and actually is on their game, how many points are they going to score? Yeah, I, I th there's one thing I know is that the I, I fear what, what I fear about the 49ers is the variety of ways that they can crush teams. I'm not worried about I really am not worried about Dallas. I think if you can make Dallas, if the Eagles could make them one-dimensional where they're running the football, they don't beat them. They don't even keep it extremely close. Uh, but I can tell you the San Francisco 49ers confuse me because there's nothing like Kyle Shanahan. There's nothing like Kyle and his ability to run out of pass formations, pass out of run formations. He confuses you 
much like he got confused when it was 28 to nine in the Super Bowl and didn't realize that you need to snap the ball with two seconds left on the play clock instead of running plays with 16 and 17 seconds left, which gave Tom Brady the time to go and tie a game and send it to overtime. Kyle did not enjoy me pointing that out even upon his exit from Atlanta. Uh, but it was it was absolutely that is that is coaching malpractice. And it went on three different possessions, which is even crazier. Can I just say so? And I, maybe this is my Homerism coming through. What's that? I have never seen an offensive coordinator take more blame for a team, a defense blowing a 28 to three lead than Kyle Shanahan takes for that Super Bowl when Dan Quinn, the current defensive coordinator oh. of the Cowboys, is a defensive head coach. Look, Dan Quinn's not going to end up on NFL coaches Jeopardy week. I can promise <laughs> you that. He is a he is a fantastic guy. He is a great motivator, but he fell asleep at the wheel up 28-3 in that Super Bowl. But it had to be Kyle Shanahan that you had to say with, with the possessions of the game. You can't be snapping the ball with 10 seconds left on the play clock, 11 seconds, 16 seconds, 12 seconds. They gave Tom Brady the time on the clock. And that is something that, yes, you don't see many offense coordinators get the blame for it. But Kyle Shanahan, that's something that was under his control and under his domain. And if you have a head coach who's fallen asleep, it's your job to grab the wheel so you don't crash. And he didn't do that. So I do believe me, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn and I were never very, uh, let's just say warm and fuzzy ever after that Super Bowl. He didn't like hearing me talk about it all the time. And I certainly didn't like the outcome for the Falcon fans in Atlanta. And I can't help but think that there has to be at least a little resentment from Kyle Shanahan still towards Dan Quinn, in part because Kyle gets so much of the blame. And I, I think Kyle wants to stick it to Quinn. He wanted to do it last year. I think he wants to do it again. There has to be some residual from that, doesn't there? Well, I know this was when they when they worked on the same staff together, they did get along. At least, and, I, and I don't know either man that well to speak of it as gospel. But they appeared to get along. And one of the things that uh, Dan Quinn did is, remember, when Dan Quinn got hired, he had already had a handshake agreement that Kyle Shanahan would come with him. That if, Dan, that if Kyle Shanahan got a job first, Dan Quinn was coming with him as DC. If, and they were going to work some sort of a deal and try to wow. do that. Well, then when it appeared, then when Dan Quinn won the Super Bowl with Seattle and then lost the Super Bowl, uh, then they went to, it, it became Dan getting the job first and then Kyle came with him. I think they get along and I think they were. Uh, but one thing is Dan Quinn let Kyle Shanahan run that offense. He didn't interfere. So Kyle Shanahan had full control of that situation and he let it slip away. So if Kyle holds any resentment to Dan Quinn, I would say it's because he doesn't have a mirror. <laughs> and I know Kyle has a mirror because he truly enjoys looking at himself in it. And I can speak one narcissist to another. I can, I can speak to that confidence. Oh, well, he does, you know, he has the Yeezys and he's, you know, he little has well the manicured, a little, little well manicured. Look, look, all of that tree, like the McKay, uh, you know, the McVeigh, yep. the, the, uh, you know, going out to Green Bay, going out to San Francisco, they all have that well-manicured look. You know that thing they sell on TV during all like the sporting events where the guys can trim their nose hair and trim everything up with that little gold trimmer? I yep. think they all have it because they all look like they just groomed themselves like between warm-ups and the <laughs> kickoff of the game. 
it's funny that you say that. You're right. Sean McVay, yes. LaFleur, Mike McDaniel in they Miami. Uh, Mike, m- m- um, what's his name in uh, in uh, uh, Minnesota? Uh, you know, they O'Connell. all have. Yeah. They all are, they're all like, seriously, they're worried about their GQ shoots. Mike that McDaniel coaches with a giant wristwatch on his hand. Like, Mike, what do you, you need to check the time? You got somewhere to be? And then have you seen Nick Sirianni, though? It's one of the reasons why Nick Sirianni connects in my hometown. Nick Sirianni, honestly, he looks like he had a big Saturday night and then the boys said, let's roll out of bed and head to the local diner for some eggs to sort of soak up the alcohol. That's how he looks on Sunday. He doesn't look well-groomed. He doesn't look well put together, but he knows how to put together a game plan. And him and his staff have done a fantastic job. Yeah, but he has that Sharpie in the visor. You can't tell me that's comfortable. I can't imagine the visor. You see, the visor isn't comfortable. And you know, as as a cancer survivor, I don't wear hats because God gave me this head of hair back. And I always said I had to wear hats during my chemo and stuff. And I said, I'm never wearing hats again. So I never understand guys wearing hats out of context. If I'm on a golf course, you could you could see it. You know, a golf course, I might wear it. Or in a pool, when it's bearing down on you, I might wear it. But I am not do, I'm not putting a, a hat on unless I have to. Well, thank you for not depriving us of your beautiful head well, of hair. Well, look at your hair, too. I mean, seriously, boy, you got a good head of hair yourself. Uh, it's for now. It's a, yeah. kind of in full retreat, but we'll see. Oh, One please. last question for you. Sure. Uh, obviously, because of your history with the Eagles, I'm sure you're very familiar with Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah. I, we love Doug Peterson. I have made the argument that there are very few coaches who can elevate once they get to the playoffs. I have argued that I think Kyle Shanahan does that in terms of his game planning. not right. Maybe not his game management, but his game planning. And I think Doug Peterson does the exact same thing. He managed that thing perfectly last week for the Jaguars. Do you agree that Peterson can elevate when the postseason comes around? Well, one thing I do know is that Doug Peterson has wrinkles that he brings out in postseason games. And I think Kyle does the same thing. Is Kyle, I know last year watching the, I guess it was watching the Saturday night, it was the Saturday night Green Bay game, right? Last year. Uh, yeah, I the think one so. that was really, yeah, in the divisional round. In the snow, and watched, yeah. And I watched Kyle Shanahan, knowing his offense pretty well after watching it in Atlanta for a, year, a couple of years, is I watched him passing out of running formations that the week before he ran consistently out of and then running out of passing formations that he the week before was consistently passing. I mean, he switches things up. And with Kyle Shanahan, it is, it's like the house of mirrors. He gives you, you think you know what's coming because you've done your film study, you've done all those things, and he's trying to confuse you. But if you start second guessing yourself and say, okay, this is where he's trying to trick me, that's where run CMC or somebody's going to go out there and just bury you. So you have to be very, very disciplined and very, very careful. And that's why I'm telling you right now, a Philadelphia-San Francisco championship game would be just a chess match of chess matches. And it would be a fantastic theater. And I'm here for it. And I can tell you right now, Stats, the Eagles will be there. And this could come back to haunt me big time. The Eagles will win by double digits. Uh, and I'm just saying 10 is the kindest number I can put on it. I think they are going to bury the Giants. And I think they are going to come out absolutely with Nick Sirianni being like uh, Cousin Eddie down at the off-strip you know, off casinos in Vegas vacation. 
They're going to be pushing all the chips to the table. He's going to have some new wrinkles. They're going to be ultra aggressive. And I think they are going to be trying to just yeah, really shove the ball down the Giants' throat. I never understood why they went to the pick a number in that movie. That's well, the that was, one well, game but, you well, can't win. Well, it's, it's a game you can't win. Well, that's, it, it was part of the thing is that those are the games that would never happen in the <laughs> casinos. But some of those off-strip casinos, you got to be very, very careful. 50-cent blackjack, never fall for it. Never fall for it. Why? Like, I always think something's up. You know, the dollar black, even dollar blackjack, I, I, blackjack, I always think something's up. I'm always, you know, a, a little suspicious. But uh, I'm telling you this, I, I really believe the Eagles are, I think the Eagles are the biggest lock of the weekend. Well, there to, you win have their, to win their game. You can hear John Kincaid on 97.5, the Fanatic weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. JK, thank you so much for hopping in here. Uh, I think we can talk next week, Stats. Put it on your calendar. Done. Thanks again to JK for the time. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run through our gauntlet and get to the bottom of the biggest question of the week. What is the best conference championship matchup? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? I truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, gauntlet time, playoff gauntlet time. We come up with candidates based on a theme of the week, and we pit those candidates against one another until only one remains. Today's theme is best conference title matchups. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's do it, man. It should be fun. Um, we we were pretty spoiled last week, just as far as the wild card round goes. There was some it was some quality football that was being played. Yeah, I saw somebody complaining, and I, only one of the games ended up being more than one score, right? At least on Saturday and Sunday. Football is a long game. I don't know why, how many games that we have to go through for people to stop panicking in the first quarter, no matter what the score is. Teams always find a way to bounce back. And on the other side, teams 
tend to uh, let the other one come back and, you know, make it a game. So just be patient, folks. Let's start with our first potential conference championship match. I'm going to start in the AFC. Justice, Jags, Bills, or Jags, Bengals? This is interesting. Okay. Um, so to go over the games last week, well, one, I think Jacksonville firepower, it's legitimate. Um, the first half was weird because it seemed like the Chargers had their number. I mean, it was just, can you beat man coverage? And then they went away from it for some reason. I, I don't know if it's because of the lead or whatever, but you know they let Jacksonville back into the game, and we all saw how that turned out. I think, I think both the Bengals and the Bills, their passing games weren't as great as they could have been, and I, I'm I'm a little worried about Josh Allen at this point because you look at the season season long stats, and they're still pretty good. But if you start looking at it from the perspective of like since that injury, right? Josh Allen's kind of been a different dude. And you've seen it, it's weird that an injury would impact decision making, but we have seen those decisions, you know, not not be as sharp as they have been for the past year and a half, two and a half years, whatever it may be. I think the better matchup at this point, I think is Cincinnati just because I think I trust Burrow to protect the ball a little bit more. And I know Buffalo's defense on paper is supposed to be better than Cincinnati's, but Lou out there as the DC is one of the best masterminds I think in the sport right now. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy, do you guys remember that Cincinnati DC opening and how long it took him to fill that? It was like a whole ordeal. Like they, they went, I think it was like a month or two longer than anyone else in the league with that DC opening. And then they signed, you know, Lou Oriemo, who's who's at that point was kind of like a, a no-name guy. And people were like, oh, my God, Bengals are going to bangle. He's now become like the most underrated defensive coordinator in the league, in my opinion. So I think I'd like to see that matchup a little bit more. And I'm sure Bills fans are just like, I can't believe you're picking against us in the first round of the gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, watchability, you want to see – I mean, you have – three high quality quarterbacks, right. Who can put up points. Um, it is interesting that, you know, we're getting into Allen and the decision-making we've talked about turnovers. It seems like every week with him on here and like, they haven't really caught up because the bills are the bills and they've been able to, you know, I mean, they almost did last week. It, no. it came, it came down to what was it? A fourth down decision where they're making substitutions with 10 seconds left. Cause their play caller switched and they had a third string quarterback in there. Like, I mean, it, it got down to the wire against Miami, and there's teams that are – you're going to see better quarterbacks than Skylar Thompson left over in the AFC playoffs, <laughs> you know? But will you see a better play caller than Mike McDaniel? I'm not sure that's – Probably good. not. Um, so I think that should be factored in. But I don't – I think this version of Josh Allen, yes, he makes like the highlight plays, the home run plays, but if you're not going to run him as much, I, I feel like his watchability goes down to me like – if, if you're removing that aspect of his game and it's just coin flip, it's going to be a bomb to digs, or is it going to be a contested catch or a fumble that leads to um, a turnover? I don't really want to see that. I think the Bengals are more appealing and I'd rather watch them play uh, for some of the, the reasons that you said uh, defensively, but it's not like they don't have good players on defense too. Like they're finally adding talent on that side of the mm -hmm. ball. And then of course, you know, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Burrow, 
But the Jaguars play a pretty exciting style of ball, too. And I think their speed um, really helps them. Like you, you talked about the playmakers that they have. So Travis Etienne, like getting him involved. Why did it take so long last week? You talked about them beating the Jags or sorry, how they were able to beat the Chargers. I think it took Doug Peterson two and a half quarters too long to kind of change up what he was doing. So they started running um, like pivot route, return route. So you're going to run one way, um, act like you're going that way and fake and go the other way. Like just confusing the Chargers and what they were doing, messing with some of their principles in coverage. And once he did that, that's when the Jaguars really start to take off, uh, take off on offense. So I think the Doug Peterson matchup versus um, the Bengals defense, like that would be really exciting to see. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals and Jags. The other thing I think, too, when you're talking about Doug Peterson and the adjustments and stuff, those refs were letting those boys play. Like, they were getting away with physicality out at corner and stuff. Are you and fine with that? Because I am. And I think, like, I, I'm fine. It's playoff football, baby. I hate, what that. I hate that. I want the game called the same way all the time. Is that so crazy? Like, if it's a penalty in the regular season, why shouldn't it be a penalty in the playoffs? So, I thought – Take the Asante Samuel Evan Ingram matchup, for example. People were giving Brandon Staley credit. To me, no, they were just man coverage. You knew I'm not, this guy's not going to run by me. So I'm going to sit, I'm going to grab, and I'm going to undercut. I love that idea. And then once the, the Doug Peterson started to make those adjustments, they couldn't be as aggressive on specific routes. But I loved um, that's how football should be played. That's how football's always been played. Zay Jones was begging for holding DPI <laughs> every for time. Two- Two whole quarters, man. You see number seven jersey with his hands up, begging. That mid-play. Oh my God, that was brutal. That's that's yeah. I I I think that was if you're if you're gonna take a narrative from that Jaguars Chargers game and like what changed, it was just the Jaguars accepting like we are not going to get those penalties right now, short of like Derwin James spearing someone before the football (laughs) gets there. The refs were not going to call a penalty. Sometimes even that doesn't get called, as we saw in uh, Saints Rams back in the day. All right, so Jags Bengals advances. Uh, KP, let's go over to the NFC best conference championship matchup: Jags Bengals or Giants 49ers. The Giants play like a, a fun style of ball too. It's it might not be like as aesthetic as as other people want. Like when you think of great games to watch, most people would name the Bills and Chiefs first, just because a lot of explosive plays, a lot of points are being scored. But I don't know, man. The Giants have a really good defensive line, like a really, really good defensive line. And to me, that is a fun style of football to watch. And then on the other side of the ball, Saquon Barkley is back. That is great for the sport, man. He is really fun to watch, too. And when it seems like every five times he gets the ball, he's going to do something highlight worthy. So uh, add in that, add in Daniel Jones, who seems like this podcast has been on the right side of Danny Dimes for a little while anyway. Um, I I do like him. I do like, and then of course, Dayball, Kafka, what they're able to do um, scheme wise. But <laughs> like, do we really want to watch the Giants and the 49ers? Um, eventually, you would think, just like the Seattle game last week, no matter how close it stays within a quarter and a half, maybe even two and a half quarters, the dam's going to break, right? I would imagine that would be the case. And I'm not sure the Giants would have enough firepower to keep up with the 49ers through four quarters. Whereas I could see the Jaguars and Bengals going back to back, um, back and forth with each other. Even if it's 13 to 13, it might end up being um, if it's 13, 13 and a half, we might be looking at a game in the thirties um, in the second half. And I, I couldn't say the same um, with the Giants and 49ers. So I'm, I would go, I would stick with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Burrow here. 
Yeah, I agree with you just because of the firepower that Jacksonville has compared to what the Giants do. And I think San Francisco is so good. Man, Purdy didn't even play good last week. He had like a he had like a because he I agree with you, and he made a ton of mistakes. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes that were easy. It's easy to forgive because they scored 41 points. He but... had like a top five playoff game ever in terms of the stats. <laughs> he didn't even play good. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I, I have a question. Is is Purdy kind of what Manziel was supposed to be for Kyle Holy Shanahan? Holy smokes. So Well, think about to... like the play style, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone brings up what's the first word that comes up with Purdy? Moxie every single time, right? Like his his big bonuses, I think you guys would agree that like it's the it's the ability to get outside the pocket and elongate plays and stuff like that. Like this kind of seems to be like what like I, I watch him and I'm like, this is what Manziel and Shanahan was supposed to be in Cleveland, where you know it's not going to be super consistent, right? But like the ability out of structure and like the confidence is is what kind of drives that offense. Some would say offensive consistency is overrated when you're generating big plays at the clip that they are. Like that doesn't matter. So um, that's a really good point. That's a really interesting thing about. You say when the first thing you bring up with Purdy is moxie, it should be his athleticism in the pocket. It should be his ability to escape. And that's what you think of when Manziel, right? All those plays in college, especially um, he's running, he's turning his back and he's still flinging the ball down the field. That last play that Purdy had, uh, that was very Manziel. Like he actually has a lot of Manziel qualities. That's, that is interesting. I, I would say Johnny had a, a, a better arm than Brock did. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he was able to push the ball vertically better, but the the playing styles are uh, very similar. Can you win with that type of style at quarterback is the real question. I mean, then what? There's three games left? Yeah, we're going mean, to find out. Pur- Purdy's more than, won more than three games in a row. So <laughs> It's insane. Like, you mentioned the big plays, though. Just go look at the box score real quick. Longest rushes, Christian McCaffrey, 68. Debo, 22. Brock, 13. Now you go to longest catches. Debo, 74. Ayu, 31. Jennings, 33. Kittle, 23. Mitchell, 18. Christian McCaffrey, 14. Those are explosive chunk plays that they are getting. And like you said, Josh, like he didn't even play that great. I mean, this offense is rolling right now. To me, I think this is what they envisioned with Trey Lance. They thought that Trey Lance was going to be the guy running around back there in the pocket, making people miss, blah, blah, blah. But now it's Brock Purdy. But unfortunately, the NFC Championship game of Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones did not advance to the uh, to the next round, Justice. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it from this perspective. So we we all saw week one, Justin Jefferson go crazy against the Green Bay Packers, right? And then week 17, they meet up again, and the Green Bay Packers have this game plan where, all right, if Justin Jefferson is – this is on passing downs. They're not doing this every single down, but – you know, third down, got to have it type of situations, right? If Justin Jefferson's lined up outside, we're going to play cloud coverage to him, which is, you know, the corner is, is jamming him up and you have a safety over the top. If he's lining up in the slot, we're basically playing a cone on him, just like double covering him so that he can't run these crossers and benders. That's a good game plan when you have like one guy who can, you know, take it the <laughs> distance on any play. How are you doing that with Mitchell? Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, and George Kittle at the same time. There's not a defense that you can play that schematically is going to take away all of those guys. And there's no way on the defensive side you could just play cat coverage and just, you know, my cat on your cat. You're going to get beat. You're going to get beat. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's 
the conundrum with the San Francisco team is just like they just have so much skill talent and they're so fast across the board, you know, relative to those positions. I know Kittle's not running a four four, but for a tight end who can block that's... pretty close, four five. <laughs> I actually asked him about that and he, he was quick to correct me. He said, No, I, I run a four four over the summer. <laughs> he wants it known. Yeah, I know, right? All right, sorry, George. Okay, so let's keep going here. Uh, KP, Jags, Bengals, or Eagles, Cowboys? Oh, man. So we haven't seen um, Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott, and I feel like that needs to be said because the last time these two teams played, that was one of the more exciting games of the season, right? It was 40-34, to um, but that was with Gardner Minshew. And that was, I think, still early when Dak came back, if if I'm remembering that right. So still – they were able to carve the Eagles up. They did whatever they wanted to, the Cowboys, on offense. And the same could be said for the Cowboys' defense. Is that really the style we really want to see? For most people, yes. But I, I don't know if we call that uh, that type of – that many busted coverages, if, if that qualifies as quality football. I think I'm going to go with what the Jaguars and Bengals could put on the field, honestly. I, I think that would still be um, just more entertaining from a value standpoint. I, I get it, man. C.D. Lamb. Um, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. There are so many good players all over the field. We have seen them play. We do see them play enough where um, maybe it's just the new factor, the fresh factor between the Jaguars and Bengals that, that I might be um, just more inclined to to gravitate toward. What, what do you think here? It looks like you were starting to roll your eyes as soon as I dropped. Yeah, that you job. did. Why am I wrong? I didn't even notice that. I have. I, I'm too expressive. I apologize. I, I'm definitely going Cowboys Eagles here. I mean, the underdog in that game would be a Dak Prescott offense that just had five touchdowns. Are we sure they'd be underdogs? Cowboys? I think so. I think so. Even In Philly? Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I said on the podcast, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, I compared Dak to Joe Burrow, put that take on the timeline, got absolutely flamed a week ago. People were like, I can't believe you're taking Dak. He has all these interceptions, and then Dak has, like, the greatest game of his career. So. Pat myself on the back for that one. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just a fan of the Cowboys. I like the way that they play. I think, you know, they're they're a little bit tougher of a team, just from like a physicality standpoint. Even with all the shuffling on the offensive line, than I think people give them credit for. I know there's all the Pollard Zeke, uh, you know, discourse and stuff like that. But I think both of those guys, you know, situationally can handle the rock. And Dak's played really well over the course of his career. I'm willing to bet on that. I'm willing to bet that he looks more like this last game than he has, you know, this last month or two. So, See, I I would push back on that physicality, and I don't really get that vibe when I watch Dallas play. And if we're just speaking of these four teams, I feel like Jacksonville's defensive line comes off as more physical, and that's probably why I keep um, projecting them to win. Um, They're they're just a boneheaded team, and that's why uh, their record is. They've had a really weird up-and-down season with that defensive line like they were really good early on then they had like a two-month span where that defensive line wasn't getting much done and then they peak again at the end of the season and you know obviously roll into the playoffs it's it's been weird to watch also Trayvon Walker very strong um there's that Justin Herbert play where Trayvon Walker pushes him down and you know a lot of people were like did you know Herbert flop there I don't think so I think Walker is just that strong that he can like just kind of like barely push guys and just send them flying. Steven Serta, we need your help. We got our first tie of the show. What is the better conference championship game? Jags Bengals or Eagles Cowboys? I have to go Eagles Cowboys here. Um, 
Jacksonville's really fun, and I'm excited to see what they do uh, in the divisional round because uh, they are a team that I'm kind of quietly rooting for, and to, I, I like seeing them succeed. It's good for football, I think, at least in my opinion. But I'm also big on the narrative and hype surrounding a football game and Eagles Cowboys. It yeah. would be just such a massive football game. Like that, if that's the NFC championship game, it would probably have a chance to be like one of the most viewed football games of the season. And just everything that's built around that. And the fact that Jalen hurts and Dak Prescott haven't played each other this season, which is crazy. And the Cowboys' premier win is probably beating Gardner Minshew in the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I want to see what that game really looks like when these teams are at 100%. So I would be all on board with that being the NFC Championship game. Unfortunately, you won't have the opportunity to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, Eagles-Cowboys advances. Justice, Eagles-Cowboys or Giants-Cowboys? I'm going Eagles-Cowboys here. Um, again, I just... I worry about the firepower on the Giants. I understand, you know, Dave all Kafka. I mean, there's a reason why Kafka is getting these head coaching uh, interviews right now, right? And I think Wink even got requested for, for one. I can't remember, um, which is funny because, you know, all those all those Ravens DBs earlier in the season were like, oh, Wink, all, he's done, all he does is play cover zero. Um, <laughs> worked out pretty well against Kirk Cousins when all he wants to do is throw quick game stuff, right? I think that was just kind of like a good matchup. For the Giants, obviously, you know, they do have some talent on that team, but I just think uh, this is kind of where the buck stops, right? Like, hey, this is a team that can win a wild card game. I don't think this is a team that can get to the NFC Championship. And if they do, I don't know how watchable that is, right? So they played on Thanksgiving, I believe, right? And it was 28 20 or around Thanksgiving, the Giants and the Cowboys. And it, they needed, everything to get to 20 so in that set in that setting to get to 20 and then in a playoff setting it would be very difficult for the Giants to keep up and uh, you mentioned Martindale and how he wants to play and I know uh, last week it was probably very difficult for him not to blitz every down but it was <laughs> if you do that against Dak Prescott he is going to effing shred you just like he did last week against Todd Bowles and the um, the Bucks. I actually thought Tampa Bay would get home and that's why I picked them to win. I thought they were going to have success getting pressure. That did not happen. That couldn't have been more wrong. That was a terrible feel. And if we're going to pat each other on the back when we're right, that was the opposite. So knowing that the Cowboys and no, I mean, it's that's nothing new to Justice brought up Dak's turnovers. Yes, there are times when he throws an interception. There are other times when the wide receiver does not do what he's supposed to do. And then that goes on the quarterback as well. Still. Even when he was throwing the interceptions, it wasn't as Dak was doing things differently as a quarterback. So uh, he generally gets Dallas into the right spots. And against the Giants, it would be a bloodbath, I would imagine. All right. Eagles-Cowboys moves on. Uh, KP, Eagles-Cowboys or Eagles-Niners? Man, that that's that's another new one. So we haven't seen the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, assuming, obviously, Jalen Hurts is healthy. It would be... Um, what the the runner up for the MVP Jalen Hurts against the team that has the best defense? I I think I would go Eagles Cowboys here. Honestly, um, I don't really think I think Eagles 49ers or sorry 49ers and Cowboys are a much better matchup. I'm sure we'll get there, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Eagles Cowboys and 
for all of the reasons that we've already listed, I, I still think the not having not having seen Jalen Hurts go against Dak Prescott, like that storyline would be enough to get plenty of people who wouldn't even watch this game to tune in. But it's still two of the best teams in the NFL. And if they are healthy, it would probably be a lot like uh, the last matchup we saw that ended up with 74 points in the game. So I think I think that one is the way to go. Give me give me the uh, 49ers. I think that team is really fun. I think the Eagles are really fun. I think those are the best two teams in the NFC right now, kind of a, a cut above everyone else, even though, you know, they both kind of have question marks, you know, at the quarterback position. But those teams have so much talent surrounding those quarterbacks that that's the firepower that I want to see. All right. Steven Serta, help us out here. Eagles Cowboys or Eagles Niners? Do the right thing. I'm with Justice again on this. Uh, hey, who's Eagles the week? 49ers for me. Uh, you know, I, yeah, the narrative around that Eagles-Cowboys game would be really fun to play into, you know, going into the NFC Championship game. But I just feel like the Eagles are really being slept on right now for some reason. And it's, you know, is it Jalen Hurts being 100% healthy? They also dealt with a ton of midseason injuries after they were just dominating early on. But... I want to see A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders versus Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. Like, I want to see what that game would actually look like. And I, I just think it is the most fun possible situation that we could find ourselves in for the NFC Championship game. 49ers, Eagles, advances. Justice, Philly, San Francisco, or Kansas City, Buffalo? Oh man, now we're in it. Now we're asking the tough questions. Um, I think I would take Kansas City Buffalo for the fireworks because you know, right? Patrick Mahomes, I saw a stat this weekend 11 playoff games, 33 touchdowns. (laughs) Insane. He's good for three a game. They're scoring 30. That's what we've been saying, you know, the entire season, right? You play in Kansas City, they're putting 30 on the scoreboard. Can you match up with them? And I think, yes. Well, but this game wouldn't be in Kansas City, right? It would be in Atlanta. Right, right. I'm, I'm just saying you're playing Kansas City. Even um, Buffalo, I think, is the closest team that would be able to put fireworks up on them in the league. Maybe San Francisco, I guess, even though you have the question mark with Purdy. Um, but I, I think even though, you know, I, I would trust – Cincinnati more this weekend to win in a matchup against Kansas city. I think you want the fireworks of that Buffalo offense and you want to be able to take those one play shots with Josh Allen to, to digs, especially knowing the way Spags is going to blitz you, right? Like there's going to be two, three, four, five, six times a game where he's just going to be sending everyone just to give you a funky look. I think that has like game of the year potential. I would agree. But I want to talk about the 49ers and the Eagles. I don't think that's a good matchup for Philly at all. And you're, you're talking about I want to see um, one side of the ball, like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. They're going to make big plays, and there's no doubt that they're going to score. But Kyle Shanahan against Jonathan Gallon is a miss again, it is a mismatch. And they are probably going to score at will with how Philly lines up, with what they can do on the ground, and with how they can get outside on the perimeter. I think the speed mismatch is there, and I – if that happens next week, 
I cannot wait to see that line because hammer, hammer, hammer. Um, Do you worry about anyone for San Francisco in the NFC then? Yeah, I think Dallas is a legitimate threat this weekend. Okay. I think Dallas is the the, the biggest threat to them then. It's not the Giants. I picked Tampa Bay to win, but the one team in the NFC that I thought the 49ers did not want to play was Dallas. Um, I think they are a tough matchup for them. There's no doubt about it. I do not feel the same way about the Eagles. I'm surprised. I'm as confident going into this game as I have ever been in my life as a 49er fan, and I say that honestly. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I see why. Like I know Dan Quinn, um, the matchup is there because Shanahan knows him, like all those factors, but ooh, they have some explosive players and they have um, ways to get after the quarterback. Have you uh, Counterpoint, have you seen the kicker? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Bet? I couldn't believe it, man. I've well, never stick with I've him that at that level. That is. I crazy. think. I think it's too late. He only missed three field goals in the regular season. He's the only guy to like. I think he's four for four on sixty plus. Like, I don't know. Do you? Do you really want to shake up that operation? In a you know going into a, a divisional round playoff game, probably not at that point. So I think you just ride with him. It was funny. You see the uh, clip from the sideline of Dak Prescott saying, "Just bleeping go for two. <laughs> and then right. everybody was thinking the same thing. Yes, but then in the uh, the post game presser, he's like, "Well, I played like crap the week before, and I had like the game of my life now. So you just got to like ride with him and stuff like that." It's like, apples apples. be honest, you wanted to strangle the kicker. You wanted <laughs> you wanted to kill him. Slightly different job descriptions between the quarterback and the kicker. That's all I'm saying. So. uh Kyle, I'm I'm confused. Who are you picking? Are you picking Chiefs Bills? I'm picking Chiefs Bills. It'll probably look a lot like last year's AFC Championship, or it'll or not championship, but it'll also I think if we remember when these two teams played earlier in the season, like it was a lower scoring game, but there were interceptions in the first half, there were miscues, there were fumbles. That game is going to end up in, with both teams scoring in the 30s. There's no doubt about it in my mind. And we just talked about some of Josh Allen's injuries and whatnot. That's not going to matter against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. All right, so we have one matchup left. Kansas City and Buffalo or Kansas City and Cincinnati, KP? Man, I I would probably still go Chiefs-Bills. Um, I actually, and this is goes against probably a lot of things that I've already said, but I, I think the Bengals have a better shot. Um, well, history would suggest that they have a good shot anyway, but I don't know. Some, something is off with the Bills. Something threw me off last week. I thought they would have – not much of a problem, and maybe they'll bounce back this week and this next week too. But I don't know if it was if it is the injuries, if like in the playoffs, because in the regular season the, the Bills did not struggle to get after the passer, even without Von Miller. But in the playoffs, you need dudes, and they did not have one, and maybe that's going to come back and bite them against a Burrow against the Mahomes. But I, I really like the Bengals. I really like what they're doing defensively. Um, they have an interior presence now in TJ Reader, which matters. And offensively, I know people really like the when Justice brought up Dak versus uh, Burrow. People love, love Burrow, man. But it's more about their weapons. Like, it's like they have Jamar freaking Chase and T. Higgins on the outside, like two of the 10 best receivers, probably seven best receivers in the NFL. And when you are going against a Chiefs defense, and we know that Chiefs are going to score, that firepower is, is probably a little more uh, watchable for me. So I would go with that side, honestly. I'm I'm gonna go Bills Chiefs again just because of the firepower. I I do think 
What do you guys think about this upcoming game this weekend, Bengals, Bengals, Bills? Because I've talked about it a little bit. Again, I, I just think the Bengals are a little bit more consistent right now, but against the Chiefs' firepower, I definitely want Buffalo. Shout out to Lou again, once again. That's a guy who, you know, it, it, it's hard to one-to-one coordinator to head coach, but if you're talking about defensive coordinator efforts, you know, this season, last two seasons, lose way higher up there than I think the average fan would say. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They've taken a big step forward, and he's a large reason why. Um, I I think the Bills are going to figure it out, like you would think so, um, because like, they were up big against the Dolphins like in the first half. Like people, I, I feel like we shouldn't ignore that, right? And then uh, they sputtered it a little bit, let the Dolphins back in the game. Um, what happens if they don't make those mistakes, right? What, what happens if Cole Beasley learns how to use his hands in the cold and it doesn't use his arms and the ball bounces off his arms and that's an interception or whatnot? But, I, like, are the Bills really going to turn the ball over as many times again? And I I don't think so. So I I, I feel like the Bills will, will win here. But if they let the Bengals hang around, I mean, we've seen what Burrow does. So, uh, yeah, that's dangerous. It's really weird to me that people are like, oh, yeah, the, this whole Bill season has been about getting back to the playoffs, which is true. But why haven't we said that about Cincinnati? Right. They're the ones that lost the Super Bowl. They're the ones with unfinished business. Yet everybody just looks at it like, oh, it's all about the Bills and, and their run. I think that's really, really weird. But we have a tie, which is good for us, because that means we got to talk to Steven again of Arrowhead Pride. Both of these games involve the Chiefs, Steven. So I'm interested to get your tie breaking analysis. I would take Chiefs Bills um, because that's the game I, I want to see more. I think, and I will say, I think that this Bengals Bills game is going to be really tight. Um, I, I'm worried about the Bengals offensive line a little bit, but I'm also just worried yeah. about about the Bills and their inconsistency. Like it, it seems like Josh Allen right now is kind of playing like Patrick Mahomes did late last season, where he abandons the offense just to huck it downfield and, <laughs> and, and try to score every time he touches the field. And that's exciting to watch, but going against a defense like Cincinnati, that's been good all season. That's been really sound and given a lot of teams problems all year. I feel like you could get, you could get caught up in that and it could wind up burning you with Joe Burrow on the other side of the ball, but it comes down to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and that style of play. Cause they're both going to go out in that game. They're both going to try to put up 30-plus points, 40-plus points, and just see who can score the most points and get to a Super Bowl. So that's the game that I want to see. We saw it last year, and it would be awesome again. Just two more things before we get out here. One, have you guys seen the weather for the Bengals-Bills game? No. 80% chance of snow. Yes. Uh, gusts only up to 10, per- or 10 miles an hour. So it's not going to be very windy, but it's going to be it's going to be snowing. It's going to be cold out there. That'll be Beautiful. fun. Second thing, Staley was just at the presser. Oh, no. This is the tweet. Staley, um, if he was outcoached by Peterson, quote, that wasn't the case for a half. <laughs> man, that's some coke. Any other that's half you want to talk about? Or... Oh, man. That, do you think that's what he said in the meeting with the owner and general manager when he had to fire his buddies? Well, if you only look at this half. Yeah. <laughs> really, we were one and one in that game if you split it by <laughs> split it at halftime. How can that be your answer? There's only one answer. It's yes. Just take the out. Like yeah. any other response, you look absurd. How could he not realize that? 
You literally fired three coaches after the game. Yeah, you were out coached, dude. <laughs> but it Come wasn't on. your fault. It was their fault. Uh, Weak. So Charger's going to charge her. There's a reason stuff keeps happening to them over and over again. All right. So Chiefs-Bills wins the ultimate gauntlet this week of the best conference championship matchup. For what it's worth, I disagree. I want to see the Burrow-Mahomes matchup again. I want to know if the Bengals are in Mahomes' head. Joe Burrow's never lost to the Chiefs. Like, I'm down for that again. But I think as long as the Chiefs win, we should be set for an incredible AFC championship, regardless of who ends up there on the other side. KP, enjoy the game on Sunday. It's going to be a little hard to wait through the entire day of playoffs and or round, I should say, of playoffs to get to 49ers Cowboys, but we'll fight through it. Justice, you got to wait a little longer than that to see your team play again. Great review. Follow the SB Nation NFL show, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.